Well, this morning we're going to continue looking into the parables of Jesus. Getting ready to start a journey of several weeks in Luke chapter 15. So if you've got your Bible, I want to invite you to take it. Find Luke chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, but you've got it on your phone, your iPad, pull it out, get there. Because I want you to see the Word of God. I want you to be able to look at it, follow along, and see what it is that we're talking about. You see, in the parables, Jesus communicated some of the greatest lessons that we've ever gotten. And I believe that the parable of the lost sheep contains a message for us today. It's a story about something very common at the time and yet very important. It's a story that virtually anyone could or should be able to relate to. But it's also a story that has a very powerful heavenly lesson that needs to be heard. The parable of a lost sheep. One of three. That's what we'll look at together. If you've got your Bible open, Luke chapter 15, verse 1, that's where we'll begin our reading. If you can, Will, I'm going to invite you to stand with me in honor of our Heavenly Father as we read together from His inspired Word. Here's how Luke records the happenings, the events for us. He says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country or the wilderness and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that in these moments you would take your word and pierce our hearts. And you would teach us the truth we need to know. That you would call us to your side. That you would call the lost. That you would restore the wandering. And that you would help us to understand and know our role in kingdom service. Father, teach us the truth from your marvelous word today. But we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The love of Jesus is an active, energetic love. He, he's not... He's not one who sits off in the distance and watches without engaging his people. He's chosen us as his own. And his love moves him to go after sheep, those who are lost, those who wander away. It makes him leave 
everything else behind to go and seek the lost. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus told his listeners, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He left the glory and the splendor of heaven to come live in this broken, sinful world. He did that so that he could find those who were lost. He, he wanted to go and find those who were not where they were supposed to be. And friends, I, I want us to understand that because it helps us to understand how much he loves us. We're going to spend a number of weeks looking at the lost things of Luke chapter 15. I want to begin by just looking at the first couple of verses and kind of setting the stage for us, if I can. If you've got your Bible, I want you to look with me and see what Luke said. He told us, now the tax collectors and sinners. Well, that's a pretty inclusive group now, isn't it? You put the sinners in there, that kind of throws the, the, the doors open. He says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. Can I just tell you something? There has always been, there always will be an attractiveness about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the love that God has for his creation. I have people tell me, well, they don't want to listen to what I have to say. Maybe you're not saying it right, friend, but I want to tell you something. When you start talking about Jesus and what he has done for you, when you start understanding and explaining how much God loves us and how far he has reached for us, you begin to understand there's an attraction. The tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the scribes, the religious folks, the elites, they muttered among themselves. And they said, this man welcomes sinners. Now, they said it as a condemnation. This morning, I want you to know something. I say it as a praise. Jesus welcomes sinners. That means he'll take me and he'll take you. This man welcomes sinners. And look at what it says next. He even eats with them. See, e eating a meal with someone is, is a sign of acceptance. We're letting them into our inner circle. We're, we're having fellowship with them. We're breaking bread with them. So even though they meant it as a word of condemnation, here is a great truth. This man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. He accepts them. He receives them. Now I want to show you one more thing before we start into this story. The very next line we read. So Jesus told them a parable. Now I want to stop and I want to ask you a question. Those of you who are Bible scholars, I know that most of you. You're familiar with Luke chapter 15. How many parables are there? Are there three, or is there one parable presented in three snapshots? There are three stories we're going to look at over the next several weeks, but they all tell us the same tale. Today we begin with the story of a lost sheep. 
And that's really, that's where this story needs to start, is with the lost sheep. I mean, we can sit and we can try to figure out, you know, how do we take this thing apart? Don't overcomplicate it. In fact, I'm going to say this. If anything, oversimplify it. Let's talk about the lost sheep. The lost sheep, what does it mean to be a lost sheep? It means to not be where you belong. I mean, that's really, when you boil it down, that's what it's all about is being in the wrong place. I've had people say, well, now, you know, Pastor, you're our shepherd. No, I'm not. The church has one shepherd, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. I've been called to be an under-shepherd. Sometimes that means that I have to walk around with a stick and get people back where they belong. Sometimes it means I have to grow a lot of hair and be a sheepdog because I've got to go and fight for what the flock is. But the reality is, he is the shepherd. I'm not the shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. I hope you understand that. I, hope you, I know I think sometimes people say that and they, they mean the right thing. It just comes out wrong. And I, I, it, it, to me, it's always frightening because I don't want to claim something for myself that I'm not. I don't want to claim something for me that belongs only to my Lord Jesus Christ. But let's get back to the story. The lost sheep. He wasn't where he belonged. He was not under the eyes of the shepherd or the under-shepherd or the sheepdog. He, he wasn't anywhere close to that. He had gotten lost from the fold. Listen, there's safety in being part of the group. There's safety in being together. There's security in being there under the watchful, protective eye of the shepherd and those who work alongside him. You know, I, I keep reading this story and there's something that I've never figured out. How did this sheep get lost? It doesn't tell us. Maybe, maybe there was something frightening. Yesterday I was driving down toward Derby and through to Mulvane and, and there was one spot there where the storm was swelling up in the late afternoon and, and there was just one little place in the clouds. And I mean, it was like somebody was throwing a light switch there. I mean, it was just lightning, lightning, lightning. It wasn't anywhere else in the sky. It was in that one spot in the clouds. Lightning doesn't bother me. I'm in the truck. I'm not worried about the lightning. But then there was this, whoa. I thought, okay. <laughs> Listen, I don't like thunder. I don't like loud. Maybe, maybe that happened. Maybe the sheep got scared. And maybe they began to scatter, and, and the under-shepherd and the shepherd and the sheepdogs were working, and they, one happened to slip away. And maybe just simply ran until all of a sudden he looked around and realized there's nobody else here. How did I get here? Like I said, sheep aren't real smart. How do I get back? I don't know. I'm lost. Maybe there was a predator that attacked from one direction and, and cut several animals out from the fold and, and maybe one of those animals died but this one managed to escape but in escaping ran and went over a hillside and all of a sudden it's out of sight. It can't see the rest of the fold and it can't find its way back. It's lost. We don't know how it happened. Maybe it was something as simple as just put the head down and started feeding. Start grazing. Rest of the flock's going that way. You're going this way. Good grass looking up here. They cross a hill, you cross a hill. Next thing you know, you look up and where'd everybody go? I'm kind of like that sometimes at the table myself. Lost. Don't know exactly how it happened. 
See, I think sometimes we take the word lost and we make it to be something really bad for people. To be lost means that you're corrupt, you're incorrigible, you're evil, you're wicked, you're nasty. Have you ever thought maybe being lost just means not being where you're supposed to be? Not right with God? Not in a correct relationship with your father? I think a lost sheep represents that. Just being in the wrong place. Maybe moving in the wrong direction. Not connected where he needs to be connected. Not in relationship where he needs to be. And so the shepherd being responsible had to go search for the straying sheep (laughs) you have to do that because listen a lot of animals have a good sense of direction sheep do not all we like sheep have gone astray we we've turned everyone to our own way we're we're going different directions we're we're not all living the same lives we say well we're sinners yeah but we don't all commit the same sins we're going our own way doing our own thing the way that it seems right to us and and all of a sudden we're lost and can I just tell you something friends being lost is dangerous I think the world has forgotten that and, and tragically the church has quit proclaiming that being lost is dangerous being cut off from our heavenly father is dangerous being apart from the savior is tragically horrifically dangerous People get lost, not as quickly or easily as sheep usually, but lost people do things that you can just almost, you you can almost tell them what they're going to do. People get lost, they tend to go in circles. People get lost if they're in the mountains, where do they go? Downhill. People are lost spiritually. And here's the reality. They're seeking. They're looking. They want to belong. They want to be in the right place. They don't know how to get there on their own. They're lost. Then he calls. And he draws. You may lose your sense of direction in life. And you may be going the wrong direction altogether. You may be headed toward the wrong destination. And I think that happens to so many people spiritually. They get sucked down the wrong trail. They're looking for the right path. They're listening for the right voice. But they get drawn the wrong direction. Because there's so many voices. There's so many divergent paths. There's so many different voices that say, come this way. This is the right way. I'll show you the best way to live life. I'll show you how to get where you're trying to get to. Can I just tell you something? A person who is lost without Christ is headed to hell. There's only one right path. There's only one correct voice to hear. And if you don't hear that voice and you don't take that path, you are headed toward a destiny of eternal life apart from God, the one with whom we were created to live. It's so important that people hear the right voice. Theo, I'm going to steal your thunder here, okay? I drove down to Mulvane yesterday hoping to get to work for two or three hours with the horseshoe ministry. Instead, I got to go down there and sit and watch it rain and wait for a break so we could get out. But Theo was sharing with me about a lady who came up with her daughter. They engaged in a conversation, and he asked her about her relationship with the Lord, and she assured him that she was a born-again believer. 
But then she told him how it changed her family because, you see, a year ago on that same piece of ground in the Mulvane City Park, her husband prayed to receive Christ. He heard the right voice. He got on the right path. It's no big deal. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time, right, preacher? It is a big deal. You see, within a couple of months, that man was dead. But his wife and his daughter know exactly where he's at. And they know they're going to see him again. You see, friend, it is so important that people hear the right voice. I sat there yesterday in that park and I watched the Mormons go by. I sat there in that park and I watched some others go by that I I can almost tell you who they were. They probably knocked on your door too. Wrong voices abound. Wrong paths are abundant. And when you are a lost sheep and you're out there and you're scared and you don't know which direction to turn, it's important to hear the right voice. And that's the reason when you look at this little story, if you want to call it that, this parable, you have to start with that lost sheep, but you've got to understand this story would be meaningless if the sheep stayed lost. And so you have to look next at the searching shepherd. And I'm trying to get there. Tristan, you're going to have to help me, all right? Here's the reality. This, this shepherd has got plenty. He's got a hundred. What's, what's, one, what's one, little, one little lamb? What, what's one sheep? But did you see what it said about this shepherd? Does he not leave the 90 and 9 in the open country in the wilderness and go after the lost sheep? You see, each one is so special. Each one is so important that he's willing to leave everything behind to go find the one. It was, well, yeah, you know what? We're going to go make a cursory look. We're going to circle a couple of blocks and see if we can, if we can spot him. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to walk 15 minutes this direction and come back and 15 minutes that direction and come back and 15 minutes that direction and come back and 15 minutes that direction and come back. And after that, we've invested two hours. That's plenty. If we haven't found him, he's on his own. See, that's kind of how we think. That's how we work. That's not how God does it. Did you see what it said in that verse? Look at it. Verse 4. Does he not leave the 90 and 9 in the open country, in the wilderness, and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? He's in it for the long haul. He's not giving up on you. You may be sitting here this morning saying, you know, I've heard all of this before. I've listened to all this Jesus talk. I don't care. I don't want to hear anymore. I want to tell you something. He loves you. He is searching for you. He is calling you. And he's in it for the long haul. He's not going to give up on you, brother or sister. He is not going to give up on you, my friends. He is going to search until he finds you. He's investing all of his energy, all of his time, all of his resources. He begins the search knowing he's going to see it through to the end. Wow. He's anxious, but he's not angry. The wandering of this sheep, it's costing him time. It's costing him energy. It's costing him attention to the rest of the flock. But his concern is for that lost sheep, and he will not quit 
due to weariness or due to fatigue or due to the darkness. No, there's no giving up on the search. He is going to look until he finds it. And then he discovers the prize. Can I just tell you something? All these stories don't always have a happy ending. If you are a shepherd, you have to understand something. Sometimes you're going to search until you find it. But when you find it, it's already been gotten by the wolves. It's already fallen off of an edge or a ledge and it's broken its leg or it's fallen to its death. Or you find it in, in the water. Sheep are notorious for drowning in the Middle East. They get thirsty and they walk out into the water and begin to drink. And the water begins to soak up into their wool. Until it gets so heavy they can't move. And it rolls them onto their side. And they drown. And sometimes the shepherd finds the sheep but it's too late. But he's going to search until he finds his sheep. Anxious? Yes. Angry? No. It's costing him a lot but he thinks it's worth it. Why? Because he loves that one sheep. And look at what happens in verse 5. When he finds it He joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. You see, it's all worth it when you find the sheep. Now, I don't know how many of you are like me. I don't know about this shepherd mentality all the time. This sheep cost me a couple of days. Not very happy about this. He walked out here. By golly, he walked back. Any of y'all ever feel like that? No, it's just me. I'm the bad guy in this scenario, right? <laughs> yeah, we do. Sometimes we, we, we get to that. We, we, not Jesus. He takes hold of that sheep and he puts it on his shoulders. He's ready to make the journey back. That sheep is in the safe, firm grip of the shepherd. Folks, can I just tell you something? If if you're not getting the story, this is the moment of salvation. This is when Jesus grabs a hold of us lost, wandering sheep, and he embraces us and says, you will never be apart from me again. And in that marvelous moment, everything else is forgotten. The distance traveled, the hardships endured. None of that matters anymore. So he carries it home on his shoulders. And he rejoices to bear the burden. Brent, can I tell you something? I know. I've read the book. And I, I pray that you have as well. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He prayed and he said, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. He did not want to suffer what he knew lay ahead of him. He did not want to bear the burden that was being placed upon him. But for our sake, he did it. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. The perfect, sinless Lamb of God put on the sin of all the rest of us and went to the cross. He rejoiced to bear that burden. He didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to hurt. He didn't want to experience the pain. But ultimately, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. You see, the weight of the sheep 
is just the load of love for the shepherd. And he finds joy in that labor. And can I tell you something? I, I believe this to be true in all, with everything in my heart. It's not stated here, but I think that that sheep's kind of happy too. You see, it's not fun being lost. It's not fun being afraid and being alone and being scared and being cut off. He's happy to be found, to be in the arms of the shepherd on his way home, rescued, safe, knowing what the final destination will be. And that, my friends, is the homecoming. The homecoming. That's what it's all about. And after the shepherd finds this one who was lost, he goes home. Verse 6 says he goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I've found my lost sheep. The journey doesn't end until they get home. Folks, we're all on a journey here. And this place is not home. And the journey's not going to be over until we get home with the shepherd. Home to the shepherd is heaven. The place he went to prepare for us, according to John chapter 14. And he is going to carry us all the way home. You see, the mission of Jesus, the mission of our Lord is for lost souls. He knows each one of them. And he watches over them and he's searching for them. And it is an event of holy delight when he finds them and claims them as his own. And can I just tell you something? It's not just him. Heaven awaits the rescue and return so that they can celebrate what's happened. That's what verse 7 says. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, can I just clear something up for you? In all of human history, there have not been 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Having said that, my point is this. If you want to know, well, who am I in this story? Do I need to start over? We all are the one. I'm the one. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. Every one of us is the one that he has come searching for. The one he longs to rescue. The one he longs to carry home. The one he longs to celebrate. This is what Jesus lives for. This is what he loves to do. He wants to rejoice over this, but he wants everyone to rejoice with him over his accomplishment. Verse 7 is just so amazing to me. It says he calls his friends and neighbors together. He calls the church together. He calls his family together. He calls his friends and says, y'all got to celebrate this with me. And he says, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. What a gathering. <laughs> what a party. What a celebration. One lost sheep coming home kicks off a party in heaven. People want to know, well, what are we going to do in heaven? 
Man, I don't know what all is going to happen in eternity, but I can tell you right now there's a party that goes on every time one person comes to Christ. Every time that he finds one lost lamb and he brings it home, there's a celebration that's set off. How about you? What's, what's your position in all of this today? Are you with the flock? Are you lost? Are you wandering off? Distracted? Focused on something else? <laughs> I read about a young man who came to a church, attended that church for several weeks. One day during the invitation, he came forward, inquired about becoming a member of that congregation. The pastor asked him, son, how did you find Jesus? <laughs> the young man never hesitated. He said, sir, I didn't find Jesus. He found me. That's how it is for all of us. Each one of us in the kingdom, we didn't wander in on our own. We didn't find our way. The shepherd himself began to call to us. And maybe an under-shepherd came or a sheepdog came and grabbed us by the scruff of the neck and, and headed us the right direction. But he's the one who found us. And I am so glad today to stand before you and tell you, he found me. He found me. I was lost and he found me and he brought me home. The opposite of lost is found to be found means to be where you belong, to be going in the right direction, to be in the right company. And I want to tell you something. As one who was lost and now is found, being found is a whole lot better than being lost. So where are you this morning? Lost or found? That's really the only question that needs to be answered here today. Lost or found? There was a time in my life, I was a youngster. I will never forget having explained to me this way when I was in high school. I had a youth pastor who looked at me one day and he said, Tim, there was a day when your face was on God's milk carton. I was lost. But it's not there anymore. He found me and he, he brought me home. How about you? Is your face on God's milk carton today? Because he found you and brought you home. If you know you're lost, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Hear his voice. The darkness is coming. The cliffs are real. The wolves are out there. Hear his voice. And let him rescue you today. Let's bow our heads together.
just a moment. We're going to stand together. We're going to sing a a song of commitment. I, I want to give you the opportunity. If you hear the voice of the shepherd calling you today, I want to give you an opportunity to come to him. You may say, well, I, I don't know how, I don't know how to talk to him. I don't know how to explain to him what I've done or what I need to have happen in my life. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. We, we want to help you find your way home with him. So in a moment after I pray, if, if you if you know you're lost and you need to come to the shepherd today, I'm going to invite you when we stand and begin to sing, come take me by the hand. I will not embarrass you. I won't put you on the spot. I won't do anything or say anything to embarrass you. But I want to share with you. We want to show you from the word of God today how you can become his child. How you can give yourself to him and let him carry you home. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Every day you walk by lost sheep. Every day you pass them by. Don't you think it's time to start inviting them to come and meet your shepherd? To come and be a part of his flock? To experience what it means to be safely in his arms? Maybe you've wandered off. Listen today, you'll hear his voice. He's searching for you. He wants to bring you back into the fold. Let him do it. However he speaks to you, however he's calling, I plead with you, just hear his voice. And run to him. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. For these marvelous, common stories. That teach us the uncommon truth of your extravagant love. Lord, I, I could sit and share a story of who I was and everything I was headed toward, everything that I had done wrong, and how you turned me around. But I can make it so simple I was lost, and now I'm found. That's the story of every one of your children in this place today. Every story is different, but it's all the same. And today there's some in this room here with us who are lost. Some know it. They're waiting to be found. Some have convinced themselves they're okay. They, they heard a voice. They started on a path. But there's only one voice. There's only one path that leads home. I pray that today you'd speak to them, not just speak, shout at them and help them to hear. God, we need you. We can't help ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't change our, our lives the way they need to be changed. We can't transform ourselves into something new. Only you can do that. And so I pray that now we would hear your voice. Even as we've heard it through your word, I pray now that you would give us ears to hear the voice of your spirit as you call us and that we would be obedient. Not for me, not for this church, but for Christ alone. Speak and be glorified in this place, Father, for I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.